It's another episode of the Monday Morning Morons, Will Stryline and Curtis Podolecki joining you once again. And it seems we start the conversation every time with how we can't do this on a weekly basis, and yet here we are. We always say we can, but we we really struggle at that aspect of, of life, I suppose. We Yeah, then Monday rolls into Tuesday, Tuesday rolls into Friday, and then we get back into the whole Monday it's rolling. It's kind of like again. working out at the gym. You know, when you do it every day or... It seems like, man, it takes forever to, for a week to go by. And then you don't go to the gym. It's like, fuck, I've barely been gone from there. And it's been two weeks. What happened? <laughs> I forgot to go to the gym yesterday, which makes uh, about 362 days in a row. So, Well, at least someone's keeping count. Well, football season got in the way and I stopped going. And there's always an excuse. It's a wonderful time. Well, it's playoffs now. There's no excuses now. It's football time all the time. Well, it's. I think the playoffs are a great reason not to go to the gym. Sundays, Sunday fun days is what we're at now. Sunday's always the rest day, let's be honest. It's always the rest day? Yeah. Or the best day? It can be both. Mostly the best day because <laughs> you have to work out to have a rest day, right? Yeah, I agree. Well, let's start with the playoff conversation. Crossover, BC, Hamilton. I'm going BC with this one. BC's been too good in the end of the season not to beat Hamilton. It's really hard to go against that, to be honest. Hamilton looked terrible in their last home game. Albeit the weather wasn't much of a help, but... Oh, now you're making excuses for Jeremiah Mazzoli? Well, he didn't have his best wide receiver, and it was like torrential downpours. And he's not going to have him this week. I'm not saying I'm disagreeing with your BC pick. I'm just trying to... What makes me happy about the fact that I can say BC is the last time we recorded an episode, I got caught in my own words and had to say that BC would make the crossover with no reason to believe they would make the crossover. Well, I'm pretty sure... And now I get to say I think they're actually going to win the I'm game. I'm pretty sure I'm on record a few weeks back saying BC would not make the playoffs and Edmonton would cross over, but that's... That. That's what you said. I blame Jason Moss for that. He's a terrible coach. I can't believe they're bringing <laughs> him back for another year. That, that organization... Edmonton's had success with him. You can't say he's a terrible coach. He may not be a great coach, but he's not a terrible coach. That second half of the season makes you worry, but I'm not here to talk about non-playoff teams. I'm just here to bring up my... Inferior picking abilities. Inferior. I love the confidence you have in yourself. Well, not when it comes to picking games. I don't got a great record on that, but some years you do. I think it was like two years ago. You kind of you you had a good run there on the uh, CFL. Well, last year I got fifth place in my pool of about fifty people. So that's that's about as good as I think I'll ever do. So I, I shouldn't sell myself too short. Well, but, no, I think I'm with you. I think I like the Lions this week, mostly on the basis that I don't trust Hamilton to do anything offensively. They have struggled a lot offensively in the second half of the year. Yeah, it's been a struggle down the stretch here. Losing Speedy Banks is a big hit. Like, obviously, they're going to come out and say they can still win, but let's be serious. What other threat do you have? Luke Tasker's a good receiver, mm-hmm. but he doesn't bring the dynamic play that Speedy he Banks does. He's a good complimentary guy, but when you lose Banks... Great for getting first downs when you're, like, second and four. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of, you know, a poor man's Ben Cahoon. You know, he, he, he knows how to run an eight-year <laughs> road on second and seven, and... You know, it always frustrates me to no end that offense. Even the bombers should call plays that don't have guys run first down yardage. But <laughs> he does a very good job of that. But you can't be successful every game against top teams in the playoffs, especially with that being your main target. There is the one aspect, and you and me kind of just chatted about this on our own accord, is because we just don't like Odell Willis, and Odell Willis became Odell Willis again last week. I was weekend. wondering how long it's going to take you to bring him up. Well, we're talking about BC, so I got to bring it up. So he goes on and said, "If I'm gonna, I'm gonna get fined anyway. I'm gonna hit with my head next time." And literally calls out the commissioner on it, and then apologizes. Let's be serious. Odell Willis is not sorry for the fact that he said he was going to do that, 
And I hope he does what he's done throughout his entire career and jump offside on a critical play and it causes BC to lose. That being said, I think team-wise, they beat Hamilton. Also, Odell Willis sucks. I'm glad you got that point out of there and got it out early because I'm going to be the last time you bring that up today. I may say it at the end just, yeah, in, just case. in case. you didn't get your point across. Uh, he's, and that's been, that's been his MO his entire career. We, we remember him fondly as being Bomber Since fans. Since his days in Winnipeg. Uh, Swaggerville 2007. He loves to jump offside on second and long. He's a he's a very good defensive end. Don't get me wrong, but that is a terrible thing he's you done. You know what? Back when he was in playing for Winnipeg, you know you lived with it because he was putting up a lot of sacks, and making a lot of plays. He's not doing that as much anymore. No, but he's still a guy that I think most of the lines are worried about. You, you worry about him. There's no doubt about that. But I wouldn't. I don't know if you worry about him over any other defensive end in the league or any less. Like he just he's he's an average defensive end. He's going to make a few plays, but I don't think you worry about him the way you worried about him. You know, five, six years ago. All right, so pop quiz, just throwing it out there. Who's the other defensive end for the BC Lions? Oh, God. Does he hit a quarterback and called out the right? commissioner? Then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? Nobody knows who the other defensive end is. He's still the, he's still arguably their best rush end. I don't doubt that. But he is somebody, well, you do have to game plan for him, but I don't know if you're worried about him. You know, some guy might chip him just for fun because they want to. Can I chop him with the knees? Yeah. That's what I would do. Well, you, you might get a fine, but... Leave it with my head, too, man? just to make sure I pop this knee out. He seems to think it's okay. Yeah, it's... Although him and the commissioner had a lovely little conversation and picture on Twitter after that exchange, so... Well, it fixes everything, right? Apparently, he got the explanation he wanted. You know, nothing like a conversation that gets posted on Twitter to make yep. everything better. That always solves the problem. I don't know about you, but I have a picture of me smiling alongside the commissioner. He seems to do that with a lot of people. I think he does. Yeah, I think you got a good point there. You know, he probably does that with everyone, so... Don't get me wrong. Out of all the other, like, commissioners in, like, the time that I've been a fan of the CFL, including back to Mark Cohen days... Ambrosi's doing a great job, and I've gotten to chat with him a couple times. Is he does like the it's photo? Nice walk. to have a football mind, a guy who from Winnipeg. Who, he is yes, a guy who not only understands what it is to be a player because he was one and a pretty good one too, but he since his career in the CFL, he's been a very successful man in business, and having those two passions in life coming together at this stage offers him. You know, a really good outlook that maybe not a lot of other commissioners who, for the most part, in the last while, have been definitely more business first. But ultimately, that was Mark Cohen's MO. Well, yeah, he is. But he was very, I, I thought he was very good for the league for the short time he was here. You know, more than, yes. uh, I don't remember the name of the last guy, unfortunately. But I want to say it was Jeffrey Orridge. Uh, that sounds right. But honestly, I don't really, I think he was around for a TV deal with TSN. That's a pretty unceremonious farewell with him as I think, well. I think his claim to fame was he was around when TSN threw a bunch of money at the CFL. But I don't really know if he was really around for any other successful venture. Maybe challenges or something. But uh, that was all stuff that was happening whether he was there or not. But there's, there's a second uh, playoff game we have to yeah, play. Yeah, I'm, I'm far more interested. I, you know, I, I might, Sunday being Sunday fun days, uh, I, I'm usually channel surfing between the uh, multiple football games that are available, and you got, you got a CFL game this week that's going to take your attention. Uh, you know, it, it's definitely not the uh, for out here on the West Coast, not the 10 a.m. kickoff. It'll it'll be the 1:30 uh, Pacific Standard Time <laughs> kickoff. God, it's hard for you guys out there. And it's tough when you can't sleep in on a Sunday for football. <laughs> There's a 6:30 game in the morning, freaking NFL a couple weeks ago. You, you just kind of throw that one aside and go, well, Tennessee Chargers. I don't need that. More importantly. And to get back on topic, uh, Bombers and Riders, I'm pumped for it. I don't know about you. I can't wait for this game. I think pump would be one of the superlatives I would use. 
excited. Can't sleep. It's going to be a hell of a game. They always have good games. Got to go Winnipeg, right? Winnipeg's too hot right now. Saskatchewan has looked really good at the end of the season, too. My gut, my heart, everything wants me to pick Winnipeg. Uh Uh-oh. But I always... Brain apparently is telling you not to. I just can't pick the Bombers in a big game in Saskatchewan. I just can't. (laughs) We got to witness it once. I'm not on a Labor Day. It took 11 years. putting it this way. I'm picking the Bombers to lose. I can't speak the words the other way. I'm picking the Bombers to screw up (laughs) too many times. Because I've been there too many times to know what happens in that I stadium. can't say I blame you for um, that pick. I wholeheartedly, 100% want to go the other way. Which basis? The basis of Winnipeg losing? <laughs> Matt Nichols. <laughs> he just threw for 385 yards. I know. I also know Matt Nichols in a big game against the Riders. That, something like that, that. That scares me. He hasn't shown me that yet. He hasn't taken the Bombers to the next level and everything showing that we should be able to take the next step and I want it. I just can't pick it. I can't pick it until I see it. That's the underlying story I think a lot of people aren't talking about in Winnipeg. Going to that next level, you've lost this playoff game twice now. If you lose it again, O'Shea's got to go. Like last year, they hosted the the Eskimos. And I know the Eskimos, there's a whole long conversation about why the number two and number three teams should be playing in the first round of the playoffs. Regardless, you were at home. Edmonton was the best team in the you league were... last year. Just throwing it out there. Edmonton was the best team in the league last year. Injuries in the middle of the season is the only reason that they were in the semifinal game. Yeah, however they got there. It, I thought it was unfair that two teams of that quality should play, but they did. And at the end of the day, if you're going to win the Grey Cup, you have to beat the best teams. Whether you play them first round of the playoffs in the Grey Cup, however it works, it shouldn't matter. If you're the best team, you're going to beat them whenever, wherever. And... The Bombers weren't. Edmonton was the best team that day. Yeah, and it wasn't even close. That's not the first time I've seen the Eskimos roll into Winnipeg for a big playoff game and and send them home, send the Bombers home pretty easily. <laughs> I honestly think the Bombers are going to win this game. Everything tells me that really the do. Bombers should win this game. I think defensively, those issues that you saw at Labor Day and at Banjo Bowl are gone. Although Jovan Santos Knox apparently walking around in a boot today, heading to practice. So it sounds like we might not have our will linebacker. Yeah, that kind of came out of that kind of came sucks. out of nowhere. Yeah, it kind of really did. There was really no chatter about it at all. Mistaken. Except then he wasn't practicing this week, and apparently today they saw him wearing a boot as he walked up to IG. I, I don't Field. think he even played for them in Edmonton because I didn't really pay too much attention to that bomb game because they were resting guys. It was the Winnipeg backups in Edmonton. Like Peterman was playing at starting wide receiver, LaFrance was starting at running back, Strevler was starting at QB. It was the Winnipeg backups. Mm. I think Adam Big Hill, however, though, has locked down the defense the way they were hoping they were. And God, I hope we sign that guy in the offseason uh, for as much as he asks. Yeah, it's the best middle linebacker in the league. And to me, it's not even close. But as long the three all-stars on the offensive line, arguably the best offensive line over the last few seasons, the CFL is in Winnipeg right now. Andrew Harris is on a tear. I think offensively they get it done. And hold it together long enough defensively. They still scare me come the fourth quarter defensively. Yeah. But I honestly think Winnipeg can, can go in there and win it. I'm not going to go because my record in Regina is awful. One and nine. Yeah, it's, it, Just it, it's there. not good. Still one better than you. No, I believe I'm only one and nine now. Uh, I was, I was oh, 0. that's right. I did go to one you didn't go to. That's right. We're both one and I nine. Was, uh, I was 0 and 9 until the last year at uh, Taylor Field. Got off the schneid. Yeah, then you, got, then you left. And then I ended up out in BC and, you know. And I went to the first year at Mosaic. And we lost that game. Yeah. Welcome to, God, welcome to one and nine. Bombers are terrible out there. But the, see, the difference is that, like, with 
us being back in the West and playing more games out there, like we did win the season up there last year, did win there again this year. Well, here's the thing. If you're a Bombers fan, what should excite you is the Bombers won the very first game at Mosaic Stadium. Damn straight. Now, if you love that kind of approach, why not just win the very first playoff game at Mosaic Stadium? I'd be okay with that too. One can hope, right? On paper, <laughs> which, like just to go back to the game, on paper, Winnipeg, in, in my estimation, is the better team, and they should win this game. If I'm a Riders fan, yeah. this offense scares me. Like the last time they played the Bombers in Winnipeg a few weeks ago, the Riders' offense. Do they have their defensive ends back? Who's that? The Riders. Like Willie Jefferson will be playing. That's the only one. And uh, Charleston Hughes, oh, they'll be out there. Don't you worry about that. Well, I know they had been. Like Zach Kolaris would scare me. He scares me as a Bombers fan because I, I, I <laughs> Why just is look that? at Riders' history. His numbers are I, terrible. I only look year. at history of the Bombers playing in Regina. And being that I've experienced it so much from the negative perspective of a Bomber fan, I always expect players to rise up and play their best when the Bombers are in town. It just always seems to happen for the Riders. And I would never pick the Riders to win in Calgary if they beat the Bombers this week. I just, I, it wouldn't happen. I think Calgary would roll them, no problem. You think so? I do. I think when, I think that it's is. It's a conversation for next week, depending on who makes it. This kind of game against the Bombers in Saskatchewan. I just got a bad feeling about it. I just do. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. I but hope when you wrong. speak of our one and nine records, it, it's hard to have a good feeling. Well, yeah, we've been through a lot in that in that city. But don't you worry. I'll I'll be there. I'll be wearing my jersey at home, and it'll be on the TV. It'll be on loud. And if you've ever watched sports with me, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not shy to yell at the TV. So though I'm sure there'll be more than a few uh, moments. Vulgarities. I've been known to lose it. Yeah. Both in the positive and the negative. No, I, I like I like BC to win the first game. You don't like Winnipeg. I think in the Winnipeg game. finds a way to lose that game. I don't agree. I don't like to pick. I feel awful even saying that. But if I'm <laughs> going on a wanting to be two and zero this week, that's what I'm going with. Fair enough. Well, I'm BC and Winnipeg. I believe they get going it for done. The road dogs. <laughs> I also believe another team that gets it done eventually will be the Atlantic, whatever they happen to be called in three weeks. Non-conditional franchise. The schooners. I don't even, well, I don't they, even they know why they're doing list. a vote. You know it's going to be the schooners. Yeah, well... If, the, if the fans actually get to pick it, it'll be the schooners. They could just give them four yes. options and pick their own team. Like They're the yeah. ownership. So the shortlist is the Admirals, the Storm, and the Convoy. I think the Convoy is a terrible name, personally. No, that's not one. I don't mind the Storm. Pretty okay name. I think it's going to be schooners. It's a great day to talk about this because with all the information we heard. Just happened. I was disappointed today. Knowing Ambrosi was at that press conference, I was really hoping that they would finally officially get the conditional franchise. And, like, I had a conversation with a couple people on Twitter, and like, well, they don't have a stadium. I'm like, yes, this is the concept of conditional. One of the conditions is... Conditions on getting a stadium, stadium. exactly. (laughs) It's literally the only thing they That's the whole point of the premise, right? Like, don't get me wrong. The CFL is not going to go anywhere else. This is the only option that will be around in the next 20 years. Yeah, if they're putting in a 10th team, it, it's it's in the Maritimes. It's no other place than Halifax. Everybody else who's a part of this league and likes this league knows that's where it's going to go, and that's where it should go, you know? Yeah. And I agree when he, when Ambrosi said, you know, if, just imagine having a great cup in Halifax. It'd probably be the most... Biggest kitchen party of all like, time. I'd want to go. I'd be I'd be planning my trip the second they announced it. Why not? Let's go. You know? I can start walking right now. I'm sure I'll get there in time. A lot further out here on the West <laughs> well, Coast. Well, you might have some time because if all goes according to plan, 
Estimations by Maritime Football say 2021 for a football stadium. Go. They're five hours ahead of me out here, so they should get that done in no time. Oh, yeah. Is that how it works? I don't know. Maybe they're only four hours. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. See, the, the question is, and it always comes down to stadiums, is funding. The stadium they're looking at is 170 to $190 million. I think that's the biggest concern is, is the usage of the stadium. You know, it's one thing to build the stadium. I don't think the issue is building it and getting the fans for the 10, 11 CFL games that are played there throughout the year. It's what's done with that stadium when the schooners aren't playing there. I'm just going to yeah. call them the schooners. Just Which so is know. the argument with every. Yeah, well, that's why the Bomber that stadiums. Was, that was the biggest argument here for Winnipeg, and we didn't get half the things they said they were going to Yeah, have. that Bomber stadium's an absolute joke where it is, but that's, that's another argument for. <laughs> you don't like it. I hate getting to that stadium. You got to plan out your entire life to get to that stadium. It's a great stadium, but getting there and back. I wouldn't go that far. I don't know. Could it be used for the Halifax Wanderers, the Premier Team? That's supposed to happen mm-hmm. if they built a stadium. I don't know where the the team's supposed to play as it stands. No idea. Stadium profile. Let's find out. Look Sorry. at you doing research as you're talking. Out. You're multitasking over there. I can hear it from here. The Wanderers grounds in downtown Halifax. Apparently they have their own stadium. Because I know, like, the Bombers, the football club itself is owning the Valor FC. So the Valor FC are playing at IGF. So mm-hmm. there's a series of events happening there. They've done quite well with the, the Bomber Stadium, all, all problems aside. They have. You know what? They've got they've brought in some I gotta, I gotta hand the team something. They've, they've done absolutely everything in their power to make it as accessible for fans to get there. And I know the first couple of years there was a lot of growing pains and Unfortunately, well, going living to out here, uh, I don't get to go to many games anymore, so I don't get to see the, the steady improvements they've been making to make it more fan-friendly. Way better. Way better. All the games I've gone to in the last few years haven't had trouble getting I, I only get back to Winnipeg around Christmas time, and unfortunately the Bombers don't play anymore. I hope it happens. I hope it happens sooner than later. I really wanted to see them get the conditional franchise tag. Apparently it's still going to happen within the month. Probably expect it. At the East Coast Kitchen Party at the same time they announce the team name. I imagine. Grey Cup Week seems like a time. State of the Address, mm-hmm. or straight State of the League Address by Ambrosi seems like a good time. Well, it allows them to kind of get all the other stuff in order. You know, maybe a better designs for the stadium, whatever. You know, better pictures yeah. to show people. Well, yeah, because it's still not 100% Shannon Park. There's been some arguments. Apparently, there's potential issues of flooding at Shannon Park. Uh, apparently, traffic. And backlogging is a concern as well, which you kind of just noted with what happened in Winnipeg. So things that can be overcome. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the flooding so much, but I don't know necessarily how bad I've the never been is. to. I've, just I've unfortunately never been to Halifax, so I wish I could answer those questions. But I know I want to go to Halifax in 2021 if they have a football team playing. Yeah, that's that'll get me out there. Absolutely. Well, it's it's exciting times for the league. I... I much prefer the, the, the concept I've heard from the, the CFL office and Ambrosi about getting this this 10th team, uh, the Schooners, in place uh, as quickly as possible because I think that's great for the league. I, I prefer that motion and that to be pushed much more. This other co- concept I've heard lately of them wanting to play games in Mexico, but that seems way out to left field. <laughs> I don't really agree with that. I think that one did bring that. I up, think that one's a little bit more far fetched, if you ask me. Then, but this, that goes under Ambrosi's CFL 2.0 concept, and people are like the first one of the first arguments I heard in relation to that. It's like, oh, this just leads to expansion in Mexico. The CFL has no intention of expanding into Mexico. And here's the argument I bring about why I think it's actually a pretty good idea to do a game like this. 
Not only that other leagues are doing it, such as the NHL with their global series, or the NFL with their London games. My argument to it is the association or the Alliance of American Football, whatever it's called, whatever league is taking all the players away from Canada, 500 people, 500 players have signed up to play in the AAF. That's 500 people that can't come to Canada and play in the CFL. So I think it's good foresight by the commissioner and good foresight by the league to go after markets. There's a professional league in Mexico. There's talent there that you may be able to get into. There's a prof- there's college leagues in Japan. Don't ex- like I wouldn't write off that they wouldn't do a feature game in Japan in the future. And Broja says he wants to do it. I think it's a good idea. It, it's all in how they they go about it, right? Because there's there's a lot of naysayers, a lot of people that would shy away from even trying. Well, it's going to be. Everybody will probably say it's it's a bad idea. It's not going to work. It's going to fail. You know, nobody's going to say the good stuff that can come from it because this isn't the '90s. We're not going to America again. Don't still... worry. I think I think people still have fears of the '90s expansion. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. That's too far. The CFL can't afford that travel yeah. schedule. But what they can afford is a couple games a year if marketed correctly. And as, as you said, it's it's reaching a new base, a new market. And you know what? The tweet this week by Matthew Shinetti in relation to these potential games, the people that are apparently in the works to organize these games in Mexico are expecting over 45,000 people at the mm-hmm. games. That's That's their target audience. If that happens, it's bigger than any CFL fan crowd currently happening in Canada. Yeah, minus the Grey Cup, of course. I could see it happen. Exception. It, it would most likely be in Mexico City, and there's, I don't even know how many million people live there. I don't think they even know. 20 plus. Yeah, it's, it's just a kind of a figure they, they bring out. You know, they don't even know. But it's a population base that if you can somehow tap into the market, and I think it's even more on, it, it's just the exposure, maybe a, a TV exposure more than anything, uh, a player exposure. You know, it may be people who live in Mexico who are on the fringe and, and are like, I can't make the NFL, but, you know, this is another option. You know, life in Canada looks pretty good if maybe you're, you know, living on the poverty line in Mexico and you got a chance to go up and play football in Canada that you never That's thought was true. available because you just don't know until it pretty much hits you at the front door by playing games there. You know, that hearing stories like that would make the, the venture down there just totally worth it. It's a talent pool. You got to bring in more international players. The league has to find a way to stay viable moving forward. Everyone's already complaining about the AAF. You still have to think about what the XFL is going to do. Mm-hmm. You got to exhaust all options. So we'll get get the head start on it. Get the jump on it. What's what harm can come from it if it brings a handful of players here? So let's say you you move one game. Let's say you Ottawa plays Calgary in Mexico, and the fans in Ottawa don't get one home game. Is it ideal? No. But if it's good for the league... Yeah, I don't see them having any issues, you know, uh, throwing away an Argos home game to go play down in Mexico. To, to me, if you're going to do it, you have to make sure you schedule what you believe to be a competitive game. Exactly. You're not going to put Calgary out there against Montreal. They put Toronto and Montreal out there to get competitive. Two crap teams. Usually play a pretty good, terrible <laughs> Defense game. Defense need not apply. I mean, it might be the worst offense you've ever seen, like, ever. You know, 45-42. It, it, might convince, it might convince players in Mexico that, yeah, they're good enough to play in the CFL. You could. It, it very well could happen. But it's. I think we'll get more details. I think the CFL is squarely focused yeah, on hard. on what's going on in Halifax, and rightfully so. I think we're very close, and I know me and you have talked for many years. Very excited to talk about the fact that, could you imagine this league with a 10th team? It deserves a 10th team. 
We said this when we ten teams in one division. We say, well, that would be perfect. (laughs) But we we said it when there was eight teams in the league before Ottawa got their team back again. I think Ottawa is also a great thing in terms of how Halifax will play out. The CFL has shown that they are not willing to rush anything. They want to get it right. Mm-hmm. And they now have a basis of doing it. Ottawa has been oh, Ottawa's a class been, example. Ottawa's been a test market for how not to do it and then how to do it. What are you talking about? The Renegades were a great setup. Kerry Joseph, man. David Cinnamon is a totally still a reliable individual. Joe Powpow and Kerry Joseph. That's, that's my remembrance. Don't the coach. That's my memory of the Renegades. <laughs> And the Bombers. Did we get Abicon? Abicon took, uh, Winnipeg took Abicon in the expansion draft. We did. Or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, however that works. draft. But no, I'm, we're, I think we're both agreeing. It's very excited for, for Halifax coming back, coming into the league. The know. Atlantic Schooners almost happened once. I'm here to welcome the Atlantic Schooners in with open arms. I can't wait. <laughs> calling it, eh? I, I'm calling the Schooners. I'm calling the Lions. I'm calling the Bombers to mess it up. <laughs> That's what I'm calling this weekend. And I hope I'm wrong on at least the, the Bomber game. No, you're only, be... you, you only hope you're wrong on one. The other two you want to happen. Yeah, you know. If Hamilton beats BC, that's cool. A team from the West shouldn't get to play in the Grey Cup as an East representative. And they'd be one game away if they win that game. Nah, that's silly. Oh, I can't wait. One division. No more crossover. How wonderful it would be. The only thing that would make it better is if the Bombers win this week. And we can talk Years. again. 1990's been a long time. A lot of people are excited about it. I'm not there yet. They got to win this weekend to get me excited. Not, not to date myself, but I was two years old. I don't even remember it. Yeah. Well, we've been around. I remember for two losing of them. a bunch. We've been around for two of them. Really young for both of them, but we were there. <laughs> I was weeks old for the first one. <laughs> yeah. I got you on that one. I was like months old. Yeah. So. Well, sorry, Mister July birthday. It happens. I had to think about that, but there's a infamous moment in our history that allows me to remember what month your birthday's on. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i'll leave it at you know yeah, exactly what I'm i know talking. where you're going with that but uh <laughs> all i can say to everybody that uh chooses to listen and try the games this weekend uh if you do listen to this before the games if you listen after you can probably hear how stupid we are with how we talk about the games but we've tried our best enjoy uh i think the i think the western game is going to be great the stadium is going to be loud bombers are going to play well i just i think there's one too many mistakes in that offense and Odo Willis is going to jump offside and cause BC the game because he sucks. <laughs> you got it in there. All right, man. Till next time. Till next time. Have yourself a good night, Curtis. See ya. Another edition of the Monday Morning Morons. Tune in next week. We will recap the semifinals.